Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. So, okay, Mr. Davis, how about we have ourselves a big old helping at Tech Gumbo today? That sounds fantastic. Let's start with the news and the updates. And the first thing we want to start talking about is the United States Supreme Court is hearing two cases that could completely change everything to do with the internet. Normally, we try to stay away from overstatements. We try not to do clickbait. We try to be pretty straightforward and honest with you here. But these two cases could quite literally reshape the entirety of the internet. And yes, we've said many times we're not lawyers. We don't pretend to be lawyers. We're just reading news articles and, and interviews and then talking about what's going on, but you don't have to be a lawyer to understand. They're dealing with Section 230 of the, Tele of the Communications Decency Act of 1996. So of the two cases that the Supreme Court is hearing, the first one is Gonzalez versus Google. The second one is Twitter versus Tamina. So the first case specifically focuses about the YouTube recommendation algorithm. And so the argument is that the YouTube recommendation algorithm pushed a content towards a user which ultimately led to the radicalization and they joined isis and then that person went on to commit acts of terror the second case focuses on twitter saying that twitter did not do enough to police content on its platform did not do enough to remove isis content on its platform and so therefore it would be liable of these two cases the second one seems much harder because Section 230 specifically says that if social media platforms are doing good faith content moderation, then they're not liable for anything on their platform. That they are much closer to a bookstore than they are to a book publisher. And when you look at what's going on with the Supreme Court. This is mostly conservative Supreme Court. It is very unlikely that you're going to see the justices jump in and decide, you know what, let's turn this entire internet 
upside down and shut down all of e-commerce and social media because we think Section 230 needs to go. You even had Justice Elena Kagan saying that we really don't know anything about technology. We're not the nine greatest experts on the Internet. Because that, especially that's the first case about the YouTube recommendation algorithm. I think maybe that's a bit more interesting to consider that because YouTube is, you know, suggesting, hey, do you want to see this versus that? They have a, a bit more of a stake in, in what the content that users see. It's not just everything is laid out equally in front of you. But if they make any sort of ruling all against the companies here, then every recommendation algorithm ever would immediately be targeted with lawsuits. And recommendation algorithms are in charge of virtually everything on the internet at this point in time. All of the Google searches you see, all of the Amazon products that you see, all of the Netflix shows that you see, those are all recommendation algorithms. And so if any one of those comes under the slightest bit of fire, all of these tech giants are going to pull the plug immediately because they don't want to be on the receiving end of very large, hefty lawsuits. That's right. This is not just shutting down Facebook because, oh, you know, Facebook gets covered from Section 230. This is everything. This is, like you said, Amazon goes away. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the social, you know, TikTok, they're all gone. The day, the day, after somebody does away with Section 230, that's all over with. And then when you try and go on the Internet and search for a product that you want to buy, well, you're going to have to go to that company's website and buy it from them. You're not going to be going to an aggregator like an Amazon to find products and have them ship them to you anymore because Amazon can't take that responsibility of not having the cover of 230. And even you would see arguments for things like in financial cases, whenever you're shopping for insurance and it recommends three different policies to you, those policy recommendations come from an algorithm. And well, why did it pick this one versus that one? That could potentially be liable. The number of places that recommendation algorithms exist on the Internet is at this point in time, virtually everything that you see is served to you by a recommendation algorithm. So while I am in favor of tech companies having to do better, I do understand the Supreme Court's hesitancy here because if they do anything here, the smallest action they take would be truly seismic. So this obviously this is a very conservative leaning Supreme Court, but even with bipartisanship, because the Biden administration doesn't want to blow up the internet either. They don't want to shut down commerce globally. So it's very unlikely that you're going to see Section 230 even be scratched on the surface. What you are more likely to see is maybe this does encourage the members of Congress to actually do something in the data protection rights, something like they have in Europe, where you're in control of your data as opposed to the big tech companies. They may be much more willing to take that on, but they're not going to touch this, this Section 230. And that's, that's because the 
that opening clause of Section 230 is to name the 26 words which decided the Internet or the 26 words which created the Internet, because so much of what we now see and do is based around that. It's baked in so deeply to the core of the way that the modern Internet functions. I, I agree we need changes. I agree we need to do something because there are too many places where it's currently failing. And there's too many places where it will continue to fail and those failures will only get larger and more impactful. But it needs to be from a well-measured, well-thought-out, planned act of Congress, not a Supreme Court case responding like this. Because I, I completely understand why they don't think that they're the right choice to completely reshape this landscape. And – with Congress not even being able to agree on the time of day, it's highly unlikely that they ever do anything that's going to take on real meaningful change to Section 230. And so for the very long-term future, I think we're, we're going to have these algorithms that are going to continuously feed us everything that we think we want to see because of what the algorithm gave us. I, I don't have any inherent problem with recommendation algorithms. I do think that I would much rather have Netflix say, hey, here's five shows we think you would like, as opposed to we just randomly reached into our bucket of 10,000 and picked out five at random. I agree that's a much better system. You know, we, we need recommendation algorithms, but we also need the ability to police these tech giants to have regulations to have guardrails so that whenever bad things happen we're able to hold them accountable but yeah i i agree that we've been talking for years now that oh this is a, a landmark event which is going to spur congress into action these are our congressional hearings this is a blockbuster event that this is really going to be the one that the the dam that breaks and this is what's going to cause major legislation to be written and we've yet to see major legislation be written at the federal level. The best we've seen so far is states ban TikTok because it's an easy punching bag. And so more than likely, the Supreme Court, because both of these cases had sided on the side of the big tech companies of YouTube or, or Alphabet was the parent company of, of YouTube and Twitter. More than likely, the Supreme Court will either they'll uphold the conviction or they'll kick kick these cases back to the lower courts and say, we're just not even going to touch it and, and run run for cover as best they can. Yeah, this is this is one where ever just. Yeah, the um, the minimum thing that they could do if they say anything other than we don't want to touch this with a 10 foot pole. It sends shockwaves throughout the entire internet community. Another thing that is sending shockwaves, we've certainly beat the, the, the drum here, is AI and deep fakes and what all it's going to do to break down confidence in anything in that we Microsoft has been talking about the biometrics and multi-factor authentication, the, the consortium with Google and Apple and Microsoft and a couple of other companies that are trying to do away with passwords by the year 2025. And yet here comes this AI and deep fakes that just can totally bypass or fool the biometric multi-factor authentication. 
that's the scary part is that whenever you look at biometric multi-factor authentication or two-factor authentication, we're actually already seeing instances of these systems being defeated with artificial intelligence. One of them is the case of a bank system which was using your voice as one of the methods of verification. You would call in and you would say, my voice is my password. And then the bank system would, you know, scan your voice and it would authenticate, ah, yes, you know, we already have a copy of your voice on hand. We find some identifying markers, we line them up and we say that, yes, this is the same person. Welp, there was a journalist who was took a, a generic sample of his voice, fed it into a, an AI generating voice system. And he got the system to say the phrase, my voice is my password, and it fooled his bank. And so it let him into his bank account without him actually repeating the phrase. And that's terrifying because this was a very easy thing to do. This was not uh, some hacker out there in, in Ukraine or in Russia who was, was expert knowledge. This was just some guy who had a weekend and some time on his hands and it wasn't especially complicated. And this is something which prior to a couple of weeks ago had been considered very secure and it's now completely compromised. The fact that this guy, this journalist was trying to create a story, Hey, what would happen if, and he's just doing this on his own system. He's not trying to break into your system or else's system, this was just his own, is very concerning. And you have other opportunities where the valley and the dally, which can create the videos and, and, and input the audio that just completely will fool everything and everyone. The, the ability to believe it's going to be very frightening for a very long time if we don't do something that's going to be able to filter out these ai enabled or created speech and videos because you know we we've been talking about the need for regulation and rules around social media and tech giants for years now and here's this even newer issue which will probably end up being an even bigger problem and it's changing even faster and i i really do wonder will congress be able to do anything in time will we look back 10 years from now and say oh the time for congress to take action was 2023 and they sat there yelling about things which are less important and here we are in 2033 and it's too late. That's probably more likely to happen than than anything than expecting Congress to do anything. It just is, is very frustrating. And, and then you have you've got Twitter out there trying to put in their little two factor authentication. But you have to pay Twitter to get the two factor authentication. You have to be part of that Twitter blue to get the two FA. Yeah, so if you were already using the text-based 2FA for Twitter uh, and you're not paying for it, they will kick you off of the text-based two-factor authentication. That is wild to me. I have never heard of any service intentionally pushing people off of 
a security feature. The idea that, you know what, we think you're going to pay the $8 just to keep your two-factor authentication instead of closing your account and saying, to hell with this. I can't believe that you're with when the whole world is marching as fast as we can towards multi-factor authentication and, or two-factor authentication. You're being businesses are being required by insurance companies to have this. And here's Twitter saying, eh, it's overrated. Never mind. Well, not that it's overrated, but that they are desperate for money and they will get it any way that they can. We do also need to say here, though, that there are other ways that you can do two-factor or multi-factor authentication on Twitter other than the SMS. You can add an authenticator app or things like that, but they're removing the SMS base, which was the most popular one. So if you want to go to your settings and, and you can still go to the two-factor authentication and add the, the authenticator app, the Microsoft authenticator, the Google authenticator, they're really, really good authentication apps and would encourage you to to absolutely do the authenticator app on everything, not just not just on your Twitter account, because anything that's important to you, you need to start protecting. Facebook, not to be outdone, is also adding a paid verification system. They, to their credit, will likely roll it out more smoothly than Twitter is rolling out their paid verification system. But I think that more just says how badly Twitter's paid verification system went than anything else. But I'm not really sure that anybody needed this service. Facebook already had a pretty robust verification system in general, and it was hard to make fake Facebook pages. And so this just feels like another naked cash grab yeah i'm just not really understanding why you have to go drop 12 bucks a month to get the blue check mark you know and and facebook is saying look you're gonna have to send in government issued ids and we're gonna really make sure that it really is you that it's not just gonna be okay sending the 10 bucks or 12 so not just sending the 12 dollars and and you can get the blue check mark without us. We're going to do the background check. We're going to really make sure it really is you. But do you need it? That's because it's also if you were to tell me it's a $10 one time charge, maybe I buy it. But this is $12 recurring. And that is just absolutely insane to me because one, who is still using Facebook this actively? But two, like, I just don't understand paying 150 bucks a year to use Facebook, which has previously been free. I have never paid Facebook a single cent of my money. And to now say, oh, 15 years in, I'm going to start writing you a check for $150 a year. Absolutely not. I would sooner delete my account. I don't get it. And especially, oh, by the way, if you're a business and you want the blue check mark, you're going to charge me $150 a, a year, and then I have to buy ads on your, your platform? And the same thing over on Twitter. I mean, you're going to charge me all this money to Twitter gold page or something like that, whatever that is, and the, the gold check rather instead of just the blue check? Really? People are speculating that Meta is thirsty for new sources of revenue after 
A lot of their business has been cut by the app tracking and transparency on iOS, which has really hurt their ability to target users with ads. But Facebook still made a very, very large sum of money last year. They're going to make another very, very large sum of money this year. I feel no need to pay them $12 a month to make sure that I get the check mark next to my Facebook account. Completely agree. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.